I got to tell you, this may or may not be one, one, of the, one of the most simple and most short messages that I ever preach. But I'd like to say in its simplicity and in its brevity that it was going to be easy. It is not. Okay? The, the words are, are quite simple. The words are quite soft. The words are quite pure. But the carrying out of, the living out of, the experiencing, the challenge of it is absolutely not. So this is one of those days where I'm going to say, hey, don't, don't you point your fingers at me. Okay? I decided a long time ago that I wasn't going to be a tickler. I'm not just going to tickle your ears, blow a little sunshine, and hope that I, we go from 50 people to 500 people to 5,000 people, where lots of tithes and monies are coming in, and lots of buildings are built, and, and, and everybody knows my name. All right? I've done some of that. I have had my face on a poster and put my name on the bottom of a book and had my photograph on a CD. I don't, I don't, I don't, that's all awkward to me. It really is. As much as I love being in front of people, that's awkward. All right. Been there, done there, literally have the t-shirt, right? All I want now, all I want now is a hand to hold and a journey to walk. That's all I want now. I want a couple good strong hands to hold and a journey to walk. And it just so happens that I'm walking it here on the corner of Main and Chestnut, whatever that looks like, okay? And my job here on the corner of Main and Chestnut is to say, here's the word. Here's the word. Take it or leave it. All right? That's my job. I think it's funny that Jesus uses the word little flock today. Here is my job, little flock, okay? We're in Luke, we're in chapter 12, I'm going to back up to the last verse from last week, and then read three more, alright? I'm going to back up from the last verse from last week, and then read three more. That's all there is to it this morning. Here we go. Luke chapter 12, we're going to back up to verse 21, alright? It's a verse that you know, but you know it bigger. You know it from Matthew, okay? Here's what it says. But seek first His kingdom. But seek first His kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well, all right? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If you grew up in church at all, there was a song back when praise choruses started. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Yes, you know this. Yes, yes. Back when you did Jesus Loves the Little Children, that was there, all right? Right back there with our God is an awesome God. Same time frame, all right? Yes, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added unto you. So simple, but incredibly complex. Now, he says this at the end of a whole passage that basically says, why are you worried about the things that you're worried about? Do you believe that God is in charge of those things or do you not believe that God is in charge? Do you believe He's going to take you and, and, and take care of you or do you not believe? If you run out of food, if you run out of money, if you run out of shelter, do you think that God is in control or do you not? And then he says, but the real key to all of that is this. Seek first His kingdom. And all the things will be added. Let's be clear. 
let's be clear. If a preacher, no names given, not my job, don't want to get started down this road. But if a preacher says, if you will turn your eyes to Jesus, you will, you absolutely 100% will be cured of your cancer. You absolutely 100% will make more than six figures. You absolutely will find that when you go home today, Publishers Clearinghouse has paid your bills. Anybody who says anything like that, listen to me, is not telling the truth. The opposite of telling the truth is, I didn't say it, you did. Because I'm not calling anybody a liar from the stage, but, Can God do those things? Well, yeah. Does God want to do some of those things? Well, yeah. Can I stand up here and absolutely say, if you trust in Jesus and do everything He commands, your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad, everything is going to be returned to you. No! Because you don't see things the way God sees them. You don't understand things the way God understands them. And listen to me, you give way too much credence to this finite life. Come on, you give way too much credence to this finite life when the life you live is actually infinite. So this whole set of verses is about whether or not you really believe Ah, that it's finite or that it's intimate and how you are investing all the things. Think about that. Think about it. Let me say it again because this is the whole sermon. Do you believe that this thing is finite or do you believe that this thing is is infinite. Does it have a beginning and an end, or is it never ending? Is it finishing somewhere, or is it eternal? And how and what you are investing in will tell us whether or not you believe. Uh-oh. Do not be afraid, little flock. Now, in this particular case, if I said, listen to me, sheep, it would not come across the way you want it to, right? It, it's not, not what you want to hear. You don't want to think that I have any authority like that, and you don't want to think you're sheep. Let me just clarify something. We are. Well, sheep are dumb. Bingo. Well, sheep have no idea how to navigate. Bingo. Well, sheep need a sh shepherd. Bingo. That's why the 23rd Psalm is so powerful. You are sheep. And you need a shepherd. And I ain't him. Listen to me. I ain't him. The hope through these years is that I will stay close enough that I can help be a mouthpiece for him. Okay? Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father 
has been pleased. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. The father has been pleased. Has been. Not will be. Ah! Has been. The Father has already written the will. He's already bequeathed the stuff. Has been. Pleased. Made Him happy. Filled Him with joy. Knew it was right to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, finite. Give them to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. Here's the play on words here. He's saying, man, you guys spend so much time trying to get, 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 and fill, 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 fill. And the problem is the things you're filling with are finite too. They have an end. They're going to run out. The car is going to rust. The house is going to fall. The money is going to run out. Even what you try to store your money in will have holes and the money will just fall through. You don't own anything. You are just a transference. It's just flowing through you to somebody else. And 90 years from now, that dollar you made last week will be in somebody's hands you don't know about. You are a stopgap for every dollar you make. How about this? You're a stopgap for every minute you spend. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. No thief can come near, no moth can destroy. And the idea here is it doesn't matter if your sweater is made of cotton, polyester, or if somebody took gold leaf and wove it down into strings and then wove that gold into a beautiful thing. If a moth gets in there, it's biting a hole in it. Don't matter how expensive it is. Moth going to make a hole in it too. Moth doesn't care what it's made of. It is holy, holy, holy when the moth is done. Had nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> Sell your possessions and give them away. The finite fails. I have made you for something infinite. And if you understand my infinite, says God, no thief can come. No moth can destroy. No, no, no holes are there for the riches that I have for you. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's a verse that's going to stay up there for the rest of the time. Anybody remember the movie Aladdin? Yeah. So this, this ruffian, little thief named Aladdin, you know, and they got a new one with Will Smith. Both of them are equally good. I love the Robin Williams version, the, the cartoon version. I love the Will Smith version. But the stories are absolutely the same. Um, the, the evil guy wants to go after the, the, the lamp, right? Listen to me. Why? Because the magic lamp can give, right? It can give. Interestingly enough, that magic lamp is in 
all right, the cave of wonders. And do you remember that nobody um, goes into the cave of wonders unless they have a pure heart? He needs to find a pure-hearted soul to go in. Later in the movie, we find why you need a pure-hearted soul to go in. Why is that? Huh? Because there's so much treasure. And there's only one rule when you get in, right? What is it? Don't touch the treasure. Now, I want you to think about this because this is about to get real holy, real good, real fast. If you remember the scene in the movie, all right, the camera is panning over to Aladdin going up this tall rock, right? Going up the tall rock. He gets through all of this stuff. They find carpet. He goes up the rock, right? And he gets to the top and he says these words. This is it? Right about the time he says those words, the camera goes off of him and it goes where? The monkey. And what is the monkey doing? There's a giant ruby and his eyes turn into rubies and he goes like this. The carpet, which understands the infinite power of the lamp, the carpet understands the infinite power of the lamp, even though the ruby looks big, even though the gold looks like there's a ton of it, all right? It is still finite. It still fits in the cave. What is inside that lamp it can bring way more than anything. But the monkey is looking at the large ruby and he's going like this and the lamp's holding it and he picks it up and he turns around and he goes, Abu, no! And Abu goes, nothing happens until Abu touches the ruby. Then what? That big voice you remember. Who are you and everything starts to crash down around them. Listen to me, that is us. You have access to infinite riches, infinite space, infinite time, infinite good, infinite joy, yet every day, I want to touch it. <laughs> totally different movie. That's monsters. I want to touch it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny right there. That's us. When we become uh, believers, when we get saved, Jesus says, what I have to offer you is beyond anything you could ever ask for or imagine. Your mind can't fathom. No eye has ever seen. No ear has ever heard. No one can ever comprehend. Yet every day we pour our energy into chasing a dollar, chasing a trophy, chasing accolades, chasing grades, chasing things of this world. Well, Craig, how do I fix it? Figure out what you're chasing. Well, Craig, how do I know what I'm chasing? No apologies for what I'm about to say here. For where your treasure is, there is your heart. So how do I know where my heart is? Where I put my treasure. Pull out your calendar. Pull out your visa. 
and pull out your check register. Look it over. There's your treasure. I know that you do not want to hear this. But if I'm going to be true to you, you must listen. Did you spend more time at a football, basketball, baseball, soccer practice schedule this week than you did in church? If I lined up the amount of money you spent on excessive food. Let's not even say grocery. Just eating out. Let's put the eating out line up against our tithe line for the year 2021. Let's put our sporting equipment line, what we spent on travel badminton, so as not to step on any toes here. How much money did you spend on travel badminton this year? And how much did you spend on tithe? How much time did you spend on ballet? How much time did you spend in small group? Listen, I ended here last week and I need to end here today because here's what you want. Even the good people in this room, here's what you want to hear. Craig, life is about finding a balance. And if I were, if you would just get off of my case and give me a few more years, I will find a balance between no, because no one can serve two masters. You will either love one and despise the other or despise one and love the other. You cannot have both. Because this world is finite. And God's is infinite. Well, Craig, they're not my master. Oh, no. It's not. Man, I have seen moms and dads jump hurdles, jump cover, hit drive-thrus, bring plates. Man, I remember my mom. Good golly gosh. 7 a.m., 5.30 a.m., a guy would pick me up in an old station wagon. True story. I mean an old station wagon. Old station wagon, all right? Woody wagon, right? After I had three raw eggs and a giant pack of protein in a shake. I mean, I was that big. How old are you right now? 12, yeah, I was 17. I was that big. And this guy, Glenn Reeves, the local bodybuilder, would pick me up, take me to the weight room, and I was willing to go because it was just him and me and not the rest of the football team. And I would stay there 
get back home, take a shower. Somebody would pick me up, take me back to school. At the end of the school day, I would go into the band room for um, what they called sectionals, right? Just your section would work. And then mom would pick me up. She would take me to church because I didn't care. Band new, soccer new, golf new. Everybody knew that if it was a Wednesday or a Sunday, I was not going to be there. So I would leave sectionals early so I could go to youth group, get picked up from youth group, and mom would have a plate, a real plate, a glass plate with plastic wrap over it of whatever they ate. She would, in my lap, I would eat it on the way to Levis Field where I would be at soccer practice from 6.30 until like 7.30 when I would return to the band field where it was on the concrete and they had that tall thing and I would march until 9 and she would pick me back up. This was five days a week. Five days a week. Any parents got this? You feel the world? I get it. But who am I serving? Right? Who is running your life? Some of you, some of you need this hard truth spoken into you. The center of your world is not God. It is your children. Well, Craig, God wants me to take care of my children. Yes, he does. Not at the idolatry of himself. Let me say it again for the people in the back. Your children can be... (laughs) We heard you. (laughs) Listen. Craig, my kids can't be idols. (laughs) Bull. Pick whatever, what, what, whatever you want to put on the end of that word. Malarkey. Bull. They can absolutely be idols. Most, some of you families are kid-centric, and you wonder what the problem is. You're kid-centric. That's the problem. Some of you are spouse-centric. Your life and your world revolves around that husband or that wife. Your kids need your attention? No, as long as my spouse gets it. Church needs your no spouse. No. No. It's a sin. You're money-centric. Everything that you think and everything that you do is about saving your money, taking care of your money, spending your money, buying your money. You're thing-centric. As long as I have the next car. God doesn't want me to be poor. It's okay if I drive a really, really nice car. It's absolutely okay. It is 100% okay. Listen, I am all for you. I'm all for you having nice cars, right? I am. Just bring me your car payment for both your vehicles and then your tithing statement. And tell me what's most important in your life. I told you it was simple, and I also told you you wouldn't like it. Guys, this is a hard time of year. You know why? Because you got your tax things, right? (laughs) A W-2 comes in the mail. You look at it. You see what you made, and you wonder where it all went. But for those of us who are believers, there's another piece of paper that comes in the mail. Steve, what am I getting ready to say? Oh, a giving statement. Can I ask you a question, church? 
How many of you are really, 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 really excited about holding your giving statement up right next to your W-2 and letting us all see it? Anybody? There's a couple. I can tell you flat out, you're welcome to mine. But I've always said that. Because I don't stand up here and talk about what I'm not going to do. What about you? Well, Craig, you don't understand. I've got this and this and this and this that I've got to pay for. Yes, and you're worried about paying for this, 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 and this, which means you're worried, which means you're stressing, which means you're giving more time to trying to pay for those bills. And you say, well, Craig, how do I fix it? Seek ye first his kingdom and everything else will fix itself. Well, Craig, I don't believe you. Now that I believe. As long as you start with that, I'm good. Do you understand? That's what kind of pastor, I don't care what any other pastor's like. I'm good. Craig, I don't want to give 10%. No problem. At least be honest about it. I'm good with it. I will love you the same. Ask anybody in the room. Who knows? I know they don't want to give. I'm not going to treat you any different. But start with that. Stop with the, but I had this, but I had that, but I had this. The things I own are more important than that. Sure, we're good. We're good. Just be honest. But when you're on the hamster wheel and I look at you and go, what is first? And you say, soccer practice, band practice, the car bill, the mortgage. I'm going to go, do you want to get off the hamster wheel? You know the thing about the hamster wheel? They don't go anywhere. Finite! Come on, baby. You know what I want to turn us all into? Forrest Gump. I just keep running. What if I told you that's all that Jesus wants too? Not that I have already obtained this. But one thing I do, forget what is behind, reach toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal, running toward what? Infinity. A race toward infinity. Stock up on everything you can that doesn't have a boundary, doesn't have a border, doesn't have a finish. Pour into giving. Pour into loving. Pour into the poor. Why? Because what you'll figure out is you can't outgive God. You can't outserve God. You can't outlove God. You can't outcalendar God. There's nothing you can do to give yourself enough time and enough resources to outdo God. Well, if I give it all away, I won't have any more. Infinitely false. Because if you're seeking first his kingdom, he is the river that what? Never runs. So here's my question. Are you investing in the finite or the infinite? Does your calendar, does your time, does your talent, does your tithe? You've heard it before. I'm always going to say it. Do they say my investments are in now? or my investments are in eternity. 
where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, Craig, I love Jesus. I believe you. The question is how much? Everybody in the room, every single person in the room, Craig, I love Jesus. I believe you. I, I, I believe you. How much? Well, I don't know how to answer that. I do. You just don't want to hear it. Do you know how I know? <laughs> oh, because they're writing books and books and books on it right now. Used to be, we'd get up at Sunday morning, you were at church by 9 or 9.30, you go through an hour and a half Sunday school class, you go get you some coffee, you talk to everybody, and then you go through an hour and a half of church, five hours later, where were you? Back at church for youth from 6 to 7, and then church from 7 to 8. And then Wednesday, where were you? Back at church for an after-school program with the kids and the youth, and then a meal, fellowship, supper, and then prayer meeting, all right? And seven, eight hours a week at church, that was nothing. And guess what? We still had state championship football teams. We still had baseball teams. We still had bands. We still had speech and drama. We still had all the things we have today, but we had church too. Now we have all the things, and if you have time left over, you go to. How do I know? Because they're teaching every pastor who comes out of seminary now. Ask everybody to show up twice, and only twice. You're only going to get two hours a week out of them, so figure out where to spend them. We've been very, very clear what we're spending them on. We want you here for this hour, and we want you in a small group. But if I did it the way I wanted to do it, man, I'd be terrible. Steve... Well, 20 years ago, what, what did we, man, we were here what? We'd do church together, Sunday school youth, church youth. We'd go to Seth John's front yard and we'd play football for three or four hours. We'd come back here for creative, interpretive, white guy trying to move like he's not a white guy practice, all right? And then Wednesday night, we'd have, we'd have youth. And then Tuesday afternoon, we'd have survival kit. Man, I saw those kids seven, eight, nine hours every single week. Now it's hard to get to. Craig, what, what, what is it you think we're supposed to do about it? Oh, I got, I got, I got, I can tell you. Not from the stage. Come sit in my office, I'll give you a plan. Well, I don't know if my boys are going to like it, kid-centric. Did that come out? Well, I don't know if my pocketbook's going to like it, but we'll... I believe that you love Jesus. How much? How much? My job, but more than that, my heart wants to be able to look at every single one of you. And a year or two or three years from now, I could preach the very same message and everybody would go, open my checkbook. Open my calendar. It's got Jesus written all over it. And I don't mean giant Jesus like you just got your first prom date with him on your Trapper Keeper folder. I mean inside. It's filled with kingdom stuff. Let me, let me say one disclaimer. I don't believe you have to do right here at NBC to do kingdom work. But I do believe as a member of NBC, 
there is a part of it you must give. Otherwise, you're just an attender. Okay? That's just true. It's just true. And the longer you're here, the more you learn. We're going to love you where you are for as long as you are. But we're not going to leave you where you are. All right? I'm going to finish with the scripture because it's best. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these will be added unto you. Wherever your treasure lies, there is your heart too. Stop reaching for the ruby. Stop reaching for the ruby. God's sitting there with the lamp in his hands. Okay? Let's pray. God, I've prayed it a hundred times. I'm going to pray it again today. For every person in this room, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, for you are our strength and our redeemer. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, may every family seek ye first. God, I don't want no croquet players in this room. I just want godly croquet players. I don't want no shuffleboard players in this room. I just want godly shuffleboard players. I want our priorities to be Jesus and everything else. Because I believe all these things will be added. And in doing so, we can change the world. I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.